Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In sermon number eight, Joseph Butler is going to distinguish between two different kinds of anger, one of which he calls hasty or sudden anger, which is more instinctual responding to the perception of threat or injury or inconvenience or opposition. And then the other, which he calls alternately resentment or deliberate or settled anger. And this is what we typically mean by anger when we're we're thinking of it. And he tells us that it is naturally excited by or intended to prevent harm with something really important, the appearance of wrong or injustice. So we experience this settled or deliberate anger when we think that something is being done that violates some sort of norm. Something is being done that's wrong. Something is happening because another person has a bad motivation for what they're doing. And as he's going to tell us, it's for the administration of justice. But it's not just justice in a narrow sense. It's justice in the very broad sense. It's concerned with as he tells us, virtue and vice, moral good and evil. So we get angry at people when we think that they are vicious or wicked or exhibiting ill will or malice towards ourself or to other people. And he engages in a very interesting thought experiment. He says, consider the following. So imagine, first of all, and then we're going to change some of the parameters of what we're imagining. So imagine, first of all, that you're reading, or we could say in our own time, watching a show about or hearing somebody talk about some story about baseness and villainy. He says that this is a feigned story. So it's made up, right? And it's feigned specifically to arouse our passion of anger. Now, baseness means being low, being being a bad person, right? And villainy, of course, we know what a villain is. They're the, they're the bad guy in a, a show. You know, we just finished watching some of the Cobra Kai TV show and you know who the bad guys are because you can tell. <laughs> They wear the dark uniforms and they say and do bad things and the words are dripping with malice. It's very over the top, right? And we can think about so many other framing techniques. So imagine a story like that, right? You get angry, as he says. Let us reflect upon the manner in which we are touched when that happens. He says, this immediately raises indignation, somewhat of a desire that the villainy or baseness 
should be punished. That's what anger in this sense, settled or deliberate anger is about. And he says, though the designed injury be prevented, yet though it was designed is sufficient to raise this inward feeling. So the bad guy tries to do something to the good guy and the good guy fends it off or something like that. And we're like, oh, I still don't like that bad guy, right? They try to steal some money and they, it doesn't work. They still did a bad thing. And then he says, all right, now imagine the story true. Does that change anything for us? And he goes on and he says, suppose the story true, this inward feeling would be as natural and as just. And as one may venture to affirm, there's scarce a man in the world, but would have it upon some occasions. So made up stories. Okay, we can go one way or the other. We do get angry at those. If we actually suppose that it's a true story, now we get really angry. I can't believe they did that. I'm mad at them, right? And then he says... Suppose that we know the people involved in the story. So we know the doer and we know the person things are being done to. The fact that we know the doer means that we also know that they are in fact engaging in baseness and villainy. So we know that they're a bad person, a bully, for example, right? Or a cheat or pick whatever else you want. And we know the victim of their bad behavior. So he says, neither would this make any alteration, only that it would probably affect us more. Meaning we get more angry when we know the bad person, person we suppose is bad, who's doing the bad action, or when we know the victim who is being affected. He says, the indignation raised by cruelty and injustice and the desire of having it punished, which persons unconcerned would feel is by no means malice. It's resentment against vice and wickedness. You know, this, this is part of what holds society together. He says, each individual has it in behalf of the whole species. And then he says, all right, let's raise the bar a little bit more. Suppose now the injury I've been speaking of to be done against ourselves or those whom we consider as ourselves, like our friends, our family, you know, depending on how we extend our, what we can call circles of concern, maybe our coworkers or country people, right? Our neighbors. And he says, it is plain in the way that we should be affected would be exactly the same in kind, but it would be in a higher degree and less transient. So two different factors there. Higher degree, sort of like when we know people, we get madder. Well, if it's against ourselves or those who we consider as ourselves, we get even madder, right? Less transient. What does that mean? Less likely to go away, taking longer to dissipate. Perhaps we hold grudges. And why is this? He says, because a sense of our own happiness and misery is most intimately and always present to us. And from the very constitution of our nature, we cannot but help have a greater sensibility to and be more directly, deeply interested in what concerns our self. So the fact that, you know, it does affect us, makes us more liable to greater anger. He goes on and he talks about ways in which aggravating or lessening the fault heightens or lessens the resentment and anger. And before we look at the different kinds, let's actually reflect on something else that he talks about. He says that, you know, a lot of this has to do with a sense of proportion. 
all right? So we can sort of measure out the likelihood in a rough sense of the anger that's going to be created. So he talks about, for example, friendship and former obligations. How would that affect things? Now, interestingly, he doesn't actually say precisely how it will. And we can say, well, we're friends with somebody, so we're going to get less angry at them because, you know, we already trust them and we're, we're more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, that could be true. Although we could also view it as a greater fault for a friend to do something against us. Like, for example, to betray us in financial matters or in keeping our secrets or in, say, sleeping with our significant other or... <laughs> pick whatever you want, right? A friend we could actually get angrier at. He talks about former obligations. What does he mean by that? People that we had connections to and perhaps have discharged. Well, maybe that lessens it or maybe it increases it. And then he talks about something else that could lessen it, right? Lessen the fault and therefore lessen the resentment. Inadvertency. So inadvertency means that you weren't trying to do that sort of thing. It just kind of happened that way. Strong temptations. You know, do you get as angry at a person who you know is likely to fail because of their temptations compared to somebody else who doesn't suffer from those temptations? Now, it's interesting because depending on how we look at that person, we might be like, you scumbag, you gave in to your addiction, we get angrier at them, right? Butler would actually say, no, we should get angrier at the person who doesn't have a strong temptation. And then finally, mistakes. You know, people make mistakes. They, they commit errors. There's mischances, right? If, if we know that the person didn't intend to do anything, maybe we're not as bothered by it. He also talks about carelessness. Now, carelessness, you would think, should get somebody off the hook. Oh, I didn't mean to do it. Except that Butler says the reason we get angry at carelessness is because we expect observance, being attentive as a do. So carelessness itself is considered as faulty. Let's say somebody's cutting your hair, right? They're not a very conscientious, you know, attentive person and they cut your hair too much and they're like, oops. And you're like, oops, what? And you're like, well, you know, and you're like, let me take a look at it. You look at it and your hair is all messed up. And you're like, we're going to have to shave the whole damn thing off, right? Now you're mad at them. They are supposed to be paying attention to what they're doing, right? Somebody gives you change. They should be actually counting the money. And we could go on and on and on. So, you know, carelessness can be something that creates anger in part because we feel like people owe it to us to pay attention to what they're doing. He also talks about another thing. I'm not quite sure whether we all buy this or not. He says that people resent more strongly an injury done than one which though designed was prevented in cases where the guilt is perhaps the same. And his reasoning here is that it is not the bare pain or loss raises resentment, but it gives a new, and as I may speak, additional sense of the injury or or injustice. So we, we already like, we perceive the bad intent of the person and then they actually do something and we're like, oh, greater than just bad intent. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people, bad intent is enough to make us quite angry and we're not as concerned whether they actually were successful or not, but perhaps he's, he's actually right about that. So as you can see, there's a lot of factors 
going into determining how this settled or deliberate anger arises, the intensity with which we feel it, and you know how far we're willing to go in our actions. Butler, I do wanna emphasize as we finish this up, does think that there is a good reason why we have this implanted in our nature, even though it makes us you know, go against benevolence or compassion towards other people. And that is that it does in fact help us to prevent or remedy injustice or vice or moral evil. So that is what this settled or deliberate anger is in us for. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.